Amen. Thank you for that, ladies. All right. Let's go also to Isaiah 50, if you would turn there. Uh, and uh, tonight we'll be looking uh, at, again, this passage of Scripture as well as something in the book of Revelation. Uh, when we, uh, in my Sunday school class, uh, for example, we're going through the book of Acts. Uh, and when you read uh, the book of Acts, you see all of Paul's missionary journeys uh, when he was able to, uh, in essence, uh, plant churches. Uh, and uh, in all the um, integral parts of that, when we read uh, in our uh, New Testament uh, books, uh, Philippians in particular, uh, the book of Ephesians, uh, which we'll look at here uh, this morning in a little bit, um, it's, all, it's all together. And the church at Ephesus um, had a very rich history. Uh, they, of course, Paul, uh, his influence uh, on the church there, uh, at one point, uh, you had Apollos, uh, who uh, was the bishop, the elder, the pastor of the church at Ephesus. Uh, Timothy, um, this is First uh, and Second Timothy, our pastoral epistles. Uh, Paul encouraging uh, Timothy uh, to, uh, to stay faithful, uh, to uh, serve. And he also uh, was the uh, bishop, uh, pastor of the church at Ephesus. Um, after Timothy... Uh, you have um, the Apostle John, uh, who also uh, pastored there uh, before uh, he was exiled uh, to the island of Patmos uh, and uh, where he wrote the book of Revelation. And tonight we'll look at in Revelation chapter number two, uh, where um, uh, he writes to the angel of the church of Ephesus um, to not get into all of that. Um, the, the angels of those churches were the pastors. Um, if the only thing you get away from the message today is that I'm an angel, uh, that's good. Uh, I'm a messenger. Uh, I'm the angel, angel of the church of Berean. <laughs> okay? and, uh, and so uh, Paul, uh, excuse me, John, 30-some years um, after uh, this book was written to 2 Timothy, uh, had said of the church of Ephesus that they had left their first love. All right, and uh, and I don't know who was the pastor of the church of Ephesus at the time that uh, the book of Revelation was written. They say uh, historically between ninety and ninety-five uh, A.D. Uh, and uh, so I don't know who was. I tried to look it up, uh, and I'll have to do a little bit more research uh, to find out who that was. Uh, but um, first first century churches uh, with Paul, Apollos. Timothy, the Apostle John, that's a pretty good um, lineup. Um, still struggled, all right? So um, when we think of all these many years removed from that time uh, and all the distractions that we have, uh, we have what they didn't have. We have the complete Word of God, uh, which gives us a foot up. And uh, you know what? And when, we, when we, we get to heaven, and I don't know, I mean, we're going to have the mind of Christ and as we fellowship with one another, of course, we're going to be uh, uh, singing around the throne and worshiping him. There's a lot that's going to go on in heaven. I just hope there's at least uh, in part of, uh, of our heavenly experience uh, the opportunity that we can have to sit down uh, and talk with, uh, with, with people that are there. Uh, maybe you've seen this, like, all right, you have um, uh, three, you can choose three people in history uh, to sit down and have a conversation with. Who would you choose? And, uh, of course, should be, you know, the Lord himself. That would be great. Uh, but the Apostle Paul is always one uh, that's on my list. Uh, so to sit down. And, uh, and uh, the, I don't think we're going to be wielding sarcasm 
uh, and, uh, and really trying to one-up each other or whatever. Uh, but if there was a brief moment uh, in heaven uh, to where people go like, you know, um, you got, you know, they would say to us, you guys had it made. You know, you had the, you had the, all, all the words of God uh, in a complete Bible, uh, and you still um, struggled like you struggled. And uh, so I don't think that's going to happen. I think it, it would be great if it did, just kind of remind us uh, of uh, maybe our, our shortfallings in that regard. But um, um, these men, uh, these churches struggled with, uh, with false teachers. They struggled with the difficulty in the time that they lived in in serving God um, with, with saints of God uh, who, um, you know, none of us can hold a candle to their spiritual um, lives. And, uh, and so there's a part of us like, well, what hope do we have uh, as Christians today? But we have, we have so much more than they had and uh, to get us through. And so uh, in Isaiah, in chapter number 50, um, there's a, a passage of scripture verse there and, uh, that deals uh, with fires. I like, I like fires. I'm not a fire bug or an arsonist or you know, those types of things, but there's, uh, there's not a whole lot of things that are better than, than sitting by a nice hot fire, uh, especially on a cold night or if you're camping. Um, you know, it's an integral part of, of the experience. Uh, unfortunately, where we live in Washington, sometimes you go camping and the government says you can't have a fire. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and I just, I mean, why even go uh, if, you can't, if you can't have a fire? And you can skirt that, by the way. They, they might have a ban on recreational fires, but you can have cooking fires. <laughs> uh, so bring a hot dog and light one up uh, and, uh, and say it's a cooking fire uh, and we'll be all right. But I remember growing up, uh, one time we went camping, uh, and it was the, I don't know, it was 10, 20 below zero, uh, and missionary to Lithuania, Brian Johnson and I, we decided we're going to go camping uh, in, uh, in that weather without anything, you know, so uh, no tents or whatever, so we built uh, uh, like a lean-to out of uh, pine boughs and cover it with snow, and, uh, and basically all we did was everything we could to keep the fire going. Uh, throughout throughout the night without fire, um, you know, hypothermia and other things kind of set in. And so fire does a lot of different things. In Isaiah 50, verse 11, it says, Behold, all you that kindle a fire, encompass yourself about with sparks. Walk in the light of your fire, and in the sparks that ye have kindled, this shall ye have of mine hand, ye shall lie down in sorrow. So the idea is that uh, if you start a fire, um, you stay close to that fire, uh, to the sparks, the fire that you've kindled. Walk in the light of your fire. Uh, fire dispels um, darkness, obviously, it's light. Uh, it warms uh, you uh, when you're cold. It keeps away predators. There's a lot of reasons uh, why you would have a fire. Uh, fire, uh, in many regards, is life. If you go out uh, into the wilderness uh, or some type of a thing, uh, you got to have something uh, to be able to start a fire. If you don't, you've got to learn uh, how to harness uh, the tools that you come across in order to have a fire. Uh, growing up, uh, we had wood stoves. Uh, how many of you heat with wood right now? Uh, just a, a few of you. Uh, is that like your primary uh, heating uh, method? Uh, and uh, it's, um, it's a different kind of, it's a very warm heat. And uh, growing up, we had this wood stove in our house. I don't know, it was just a big, giant, enormous uh, wood stove. Uh, and uh, at night, before you went to bed, uh, you'd put some wood in there and you'd turn the damper down. Uh, because you needed it to last uh, all night, 
And then first thing I would do when I got up in the morning was go down there and throw another log uh, on that fire. Uh, but inevitably, um, there were times where maybe I didn't put enough in, uh, and, uh, and you open it up, and it looks like it's out. There's no fire that's in there. Uh, but then you take that poker, uh, and you get in there, and you start digging in those coals, and you, and you turn over, and you find some, and you're blessed. You're like, you're thankful. It's like, yes, uh, there's some red coals under there. You, you bring them up towards the top, and you grab a, another log, a small one. You put it on there, and the fire, you, you've saved the day. Uh, you don't have to restart the whole fire, but you basically stirred up uh, the embers uh, that were cold uh, to find something uh, that you could work with uh, to keep that fire going. So if you start a fire, you kindle a fire, uh, a principle is uh, our spiritual fire. We've heard, you've heard the expression, uh, they're on fire for God. You know what that means. Uh, you know, you're, you have some zeal. Uh, you're excited uh, about God and the things of God. But after a certain amount of time, um, that fire seems to die out. Um, revival uh, is where we, we stir up uh, the fire that God has started in us, uh, and we rekindle it again, and we keep it, and we keep it going. Uh, and that's what Paul is trying to tell uh, his son in the faith, Timothy, uh, in 2 Timothy. Now, um, we don't know, uh, we can speculate, uh, as to why Paul felt uh, like he needed to write the letter of 2 Timothy to him, um, but we can make assumptions based on history. Uh, we've already referenced that Nero uh, was the emperor. Nero was wicked, uh, wicked, ungodly. Um, you know, you think of all the kings that we read about. Uh, this person did evil in the sight of the Lord. This did, person did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. Uh, Nero was a pagan, wicked, evil, lost, um, you know, uh, degenerate. Uh, of a leader. Uh, and uh, if you were to Google and just look up Nero and his history and his story, and even worldly secular um, you know, references about that, um, just ungodly, uh, vile uh, of a man. Uh, and, uh, and he was the leader uh, of uh, the world at that time, uh, and, and it wasn't a good time to be a Christian. Uh, and uh, Christians were being, you know, they're in the uh, uh, gladiator stuff, and uh, Christians are being killed, um, you know, by lions, bur you know, burn them at the stake and oil. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff that was going on. Not a good time, a very dangerous time to be a Christian. So somehow Timothy uh, had got discouraged. Somehow uh, Timothy, uh, who is the pastor of the church of Ephesus, uh, needed some encouragement for the Apostle Paul. Paul's about ready uh, to be executed uh, under the thumb of Nero. Uh, and, uh, and the last thing that he wrote, the last letter that he wrote, was to, the, to his preacher boy. Uh, and, uh, and he tells him in chapter number two uh, to endure hardness as a good soldier. And, and he's encouraging him along the way. Uh, but, he, he, but he says to him in our text in chapter number one uh, that he desired to see him. Uh, he missed Timothy. Uh, when you have um, uh, companions in the faith and uh, the unity that comes through Christ and uh, the, the will of God and the service of God, uh, there's a special bond uh, that is present. Uh, with Paul and Timothy, that was so, and he longed to see him. Uh, and, uh, and he thought about uh, the tears uh, uh, of Timothy for, for Paul 
uh, and he wanted to see him so that he could encourage him uh, and bring joy to him. And he thought about him and he remembered uh, his unfeigned faith, uh, which um, Paul had a great influence on. But before the Apostle Paul, and, and there's no evidence that Paul led him to Christ. Uh, it's talked about his grandmother and his, and his mother here uh, in verse number 5. Uh, and uh, he's persuaded that he himself also uh, had uh, this faith. And, uh, and uh, he um, uh, was encouraged. He had a great family heritage. Uh, these ladies, of course, mention in the Word of God. Paul mentioned ladies in pairs uh, in the book of Philippians that it wasn't a very positive mention. Uh, but here we have uh, a mention of them, which is a good thing. And so he says, I'm persuaded that you have that faith. Verse 6, wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting of my, of my hands. Now, um, we're, uh, there's a way to apply this passage of Scripture uh, where we're looking at um, the giftings of God, the gifts that God has given us. Uh, if you're saved today, uh, God uh, gives you gifts, spiritual gifts. Uh, and we're to exercise those spiritual gifts. Not everybody has the same spiritual gifts uh, and or different. everybody has different callings, if you will. And so there's a way to apply this in talking about uh, stirring up the gifts uh, that God has given us and exercising those gifts, using them for the Lord, getting back into uh, the service of God. In fact, one way to look at this uh, is when it says, Paul, the gift of God that is in thee by the laying on of hands, uh, could give us a uh, speak towards his ordination uh, and uh, where they would lay on hands and pray. Uh, when I got ordained uh, for the gospel ministry in Superior, Wisconsin, um, by the way, we're a local church. We didn't, uh, we didn't get a bunch of pastors uh, from the area to come for ordination council uh, because those bunch of pastors can't give me the authority to preach. Uh, the authority to preach comes from the local church. And so, so when, when I was ordained, it was the deacons and the men uh, of, uh, of Twin Ports Baptist Church that laid hands on me, that commissioned me, uh, and that was when I came out to Washington State. Uh, I took SeaTac Baptist. We, of course, we uh, restarted that uh, as New Heights Baptist, and so they ordained me into the gospel ministry. Uh, so my work that I give an account for is the work of the ministry, uh, and God calls me, places me in ministry, and then um, gifts pastors, the giftings that they need. So if God's called you to preach and you, um, you can't even, you know, get the attention of people in a room, you're scared to death, you know, to, to, to talk to people, uh, don't worry. Um, if God's called you to preach, he'll help you with that. Um, and I don't, you know, um, I don't like, I don't like crowds. That's just kind of like one of my things. I don't like big crowds of people being in them. It's uncomfortable for me. Um, I don't like uh, speaking. Um, when I was a young uh, teenager, um, speech class was a, an absolute nightmare uh, for me. And then when God called me to preach, that stressed me out. It's like, you know, how am I going to even do that? Now I can't stop talking. Uh, so all I'm saying is, is that where God guides, He provides uh, and will help you with that. Uh, and uh, you should always have a, a fear, a reverential fear for the work of the ministry. And, uh, and it's always, there's always a part of that uh, that's always present uh, and, uh, in, in service to God and preaching. Uh, but everybody's giftings are, are different. So uh, if God's given you the gift of 
you know, singing, uh, then you should sing for the Lord. If God is giving you the gift of communication, you should use that. Whatever talents and giftings that God has given you, He places you into a local church body. You're supposed to exercise those gifts in the context of that uh, church body, and God uses that to bring, bring glory uh, to Himself. Uh, so there would be an application about um, just uh, the giftings that God has given us. But it says, to stir up the gift of God, uh, which is in thee. And so my understanding of that is the Holy Spirit of God, stirring up the Holy Spirit of God uh, that is in you. Uh, And it says in verse 7, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. What Timothy needed uh, and desperately needed uh, to pastor the church of Ephesus uh, in the day of Nero uh, was the hand of God uh, and the power of God on that, on that ministry. Uh, and somewhere along the lines, uh, he had um, lost some of that. Uh, and I would dare to say that somewhere along the lines, so have we. Um, when, I, when I first got saved, man, I was excited, you know, just I, I, you know, trying to witness to my family members, being in church. I've used illustration recently about getting my, you know, first, you know, suit from Goodwill or whatever and, uh, and wearing that to church, have my, having a Bible. And by the way, I stole my first King James Bible uh, from a bookstore. Uh, it is the most stolen book <laughs> uh, in the world. And, uh, and it's like I, I, I remember vividly uh, having done that. And, uh, and so um, I, I just, I, I was just excited <laughs> about, I just, I just wanted it. And, you know, I'd skip school to stay home and read my Bible. It was just, I was just a mess. I had no direction uh, from, from people, but, um, but I was excited. And if you remember back to when you first got saved, that newness, um, you're, you know, the burdens were lifted. Uh, and you were alive in Christ, you knew that, and then you were baptized, and, and you, you, know, you committed to God this and that, and you're going to serve Him. Uh, and, uh, and then uh, a few years passed, and, uh, you know, and that sometimes the, the joy isn't there. In fact, even with men in the Bible like David, he said, restore unto me the joy of, of my salvation. We need to remember constantly. So he says, I, I remember the gift of God uh, that, uh, that you had. He said, stir it up. Uh, and that is in you, uh, and, and that is what you are going to need for your ministry. And he says, don't be ashamed uh, of the testimony of our Lord. Uh, and, uh, and, and I love where you get into verse number 9. It says, who hath saved us, called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world uh, began. Kind of sounds a little familiar, doesn't it? Uh, from Ephesians chapter number 2. And so Paul is writing, by the way, he wrote the book of Ephesians, approximately 60, 62 A.D., uh, from prison. Uh, and, uh, and then 1 Timothy, um, probably, um, I don't know, uh, maybe like 63 uh, A.D. So he wrote uh, to Pastor Timothy, 1 Timothy, uh, and, uh, and then several years later, probably around 67 uh, A.D., when he was back in prison in Rome, writes this to him, trying to encourage him because something along the way. Remember, people are coming and going in Rome, uh, and they're just telling on each other, Paphroditus. Uh, uh, and so you're getting reports. You didn't turn on cable television and get the news. Um, people would pass on uh, this information. 
Uh, and uh, in um, somewhere, Timothy, uh, I don't know whether it's apathy, whether it was fear, um, the, the difficult uh, stuff, Paul knew that doubt and discouragement would come to Timothy, that it was present uh, already, and that it was to come more in the future, and that his faith was going to be tested. By the way, a faith that can't be tested can't be trusted. Uh, and um, God, God will test our faith, uh, and, uh, but um, uh, we're supposed to have confidence, of course, uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, but uh, he wrote uh, this letter to the pastor of the church of Ephesus in, in a way he's, he's referencing Ephesians chapter number 2, verses 8 through 10, uh, telling them that they're, uh, we, basically uh, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So it's, it's, it's neat when we see those connections in the Bible. Uh, so he's writing this uh, to this man. But I was thinking about um, you know, what would be uh, the reason uh, that we would let the fire of God in us, the Holy Spirit of God, um, to just cool off to where, where we would have to be encouraged by inspiration of God to stir up the gift of God that is in us. Uh, if you're saved today, um, the Holy Spirit of God indwells you. Uh, you're indwelled by the Spirit of God. Uh, and uh, there's a lot that's uh, done uh, in, uh, transactionally with all of that. Uh, but the fullness of God or the filling of the Holy Spirit of God uh, is dependent upon um, you uh, as uh, a vessel. Uh, can you be filled with the Spirit of God? We go to the Word of God uh, and, uh, and we, we see uh, the Spirit of God upon these pages. Uh, he fills us. We read it. We're encouraged. We go out. We serve Him. Uh, but, uh, but some people, some Christians are just um, uh, cold, like dead coals. Uh, and, uh, and I don't think that the fire ever goes away because you can't, you can't get rid of the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, he is in you. Um, but it's, it's almost like I feel like I need to take that poker <laughs> Uh, and just give, and this kind of like stir it up. Now, um, maybe this is another message for another time. You can either stir up the, the gift of God that is in you, or you can let God stir you up. Uh, you can either get right with God uh, on terms that are probably more pleasant uh, than having God test you and try you, put something in your life, not, not you know, to you, but for you, uh, to get you on track. Um, you know, experience is a hard taskmaster. And, uh, and so we can learn from history um, in the Word of God that it is better for us to just stay right with God and to live for God and to, when that fire is kindled, to walk in the light of that fire, to keep it go- just to keep it going. And there's a million analogies that we could make uh, with that. Uh, put another log on that, uh, on that fire each and every day and keeping it, uh, and keeping it hot. By the way, you know, if you're going to have a fire, have a big fire. You know, I just, you know, just make a little one, tiny one, you know, and do that. And, uh, and, uh, and so just, just make, make a big fire. We had this uh, um, Native American family friend, uh, Wayne Heitela. Uh, and uh, he uh, I had a fire or whatever, and it was like blazing hot. We had like, it was, you can't even get close to it. And so he's like, he goes, um, red, he goes, red man build fire, sit close by. 
uh, white men build fires, stand far away. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, uh, and so he's making fun of me for making this big fire uh, and, uh, and doing that. But have a, big, have a big fire. Just keep throwing stuff on there. Um, it's just whenever we go up to like when we had men's camp out, we bring way too much wood. Uh, because we want the fire, we want it going, and we want it big. And uh, so um, uh, there's a lot of analogies uh, that we can make uh, concerning keeping that fire going. Uh, But the Bible tells us some things that cause apathy. Apathy, uh, is, by definition, is a state of indifference or the suppression of emotions, uh, such as concern. When somebody is apathetic to the things of God, they don't have the concern for the things of God. For example, um, we should have a concern for souls. All right? When we, when we become apathetic about soul winning, we're not sharing the gospel with people. Um, we've somehow lost concern uh, for, for them. Uh, if, if you're here and you're saved today, say amen. amen. So that means you believe in heaven. Uh, and you believe in a hell. And uh, if you're saved, you're going to heaven. You're not going to hell because uh, being born again. Um, but if there are people in your life that aren't saved, that should concern you. And it can, should concern you to the point that you'll um, witness to them, share the gospel with them. Um, but, but, but also, let me say this. We're still supposed to be soul winners even if, we don't, if the concern has cooled off. There are still things that we have to do um, that God's told us to do and we're to obey even if love is not present. Uh, duty, uh, we're duty bound to obey uh, the Lord in those areas. Um, but apathy, um, we don't have the concern uh, for people like we should have. Uh, I remember back in Bible college uh, and we had a, there was a fire and uh, we were encouraged um, to take a picture of people that we loved, uh, and uh, to kind of place that, you know, next to that fire, uh, and, uh, and then to imagine them burning in hell. Does that make sense? So we could, we'd have that there, and you could just see the, the flames consuming the image of the person that you loved. It was a very, um, you know, direct uh, kind of, uh, of a way to make that connection. And it, and it helped me. Um, but here's the deal. Um, in hell, you're not consumed. Uh, it is everlasting torment. And so even though it was vivid, like you're imagining the flames of hell engulfing your loved one, um, in, in that instant, that, that piece of paper, uh, that photograph burns up and it's gone. Uh, but the person that you love is there forever. Now, I don't believe that my dad... Um, was saved. I hope that he is. I hope that he uh, called on the Lord uh, and asked him uh, to save him. And if I get to heaven and he's there, what a wonderful blessing that will be. But if he's not, he's in hell and he's there forever. And, uh, and so, so that type of a thing, you know, concerns me. In fact, I have uh, in here, for those of you who are new, I've got in my Bible, probably won't be able to find it to show you. Uh, but uh, it is a, um, my dad's obituary uh, and, uh, with his picture uh, and everything on there. And uh, it's buried somewhere in here. And, uh, and it's a reminder of my responsibility to be a watchman and to, and to warn people uh, about hell. So we, uh, apathy is a lack of concern. Apathy is also uh, a lack of, ex- of excitement. 
Um, you become, when you lose the excitement, uh, the joy uh, that, uh, that we should have as Christians because we're saved, uh, and there should be no more joyous people uh, than the people of God. Uh, and there's a lot of, and by the way, happiness and circumstances, we can't get all that, uh, but joy is present despite the circumstances, uh, and, uh, and you can, um, uh, it's, it's a blessing uh, to be a Christian and to be saved, uh, but the excitement um, for the things of God might be absent, uh, and uh, that would be a sign of, uh, of apathy, uh, maybe uh, a lack of motivation. Um, people who, um, there are people that aren't in churches today because they weren't motivated enough uh, to, to get up and to go, um, but they'll be motivated tomorrow morning on Monday to go to their job uh, because people will do for money what they won't do for the Lord. And, uh, and there's just a lot, you know, I think if you stay home sick on Sunday uh, from church, you should stay home sick on Monday. I kind of look at it like, you know, uh, a teenager saying, I can't go to school today. Uh, I'm not feeling well. Uh, and then, you know, partway through the day, they want to go outside and play. Uh, and you go, no, you're too, if you're too sick to go, you can't go to school, you're too sick to go outside. And, uh, and we employ that with our children. Uh, but when we become adults, uh, we, we excuse our absences, the faithfulness to the house of God, uh, but then we're faithful uh, to mammon. Uh, and, uh, and it's just, um, we've got to be careful the messages that we're sending, especially to your children. Uh, you know, if you stay home, uh, moms and dads from church on Sunday, you say you're sick, and then you go to work um, with the same symptoms the next day, um, what kind of a message are you sending? you know, to your children. Yeah, all right, uh, see, that's like a lead balloon. Uh, and so we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll move on. Uh, so lack of motivation, lack of passion. But what does that? I mean, we know that sin does. Uh, when we have sin in our life, uh, that, will, that will cause us uh, to uh, our spiritual life to cool off. Um, you can't live for God and do the things for God when you have sin that is present. It affects our prayer life. Uh, it affects all these different things. And, uh, and, uh, and you know, if we were to, uh, to look at the lives of people who are no longer um, on fire for God and serving God, um, sin might be something that's uh, the biggest cause of that. Uh, but then there's also religion and, like, orthodoxy and, uh, and just the mechanical side uh, to, uh, to our faith uh, that I think cools some people off. We, we, it becomes habit to us. Uh, you, you know, you go to church because that's what you do. Uh, and, uh, and you are, um, uh, it's, like, it's, like, it's like mechanical. Uh, there's no spirit involved. Uh, when we sing, we're, not, we're singing mechanically. We're just doing everything uh, because it's like a, from muscle memory. Uh, and that can cause us to cool down spiritually, uh, worldliness, and there's a whole big list of things uh, that, can, uh, that can happen. So Paul says to Timothy, uh, and, uh, and you ever think, uh, you ever look out at the world and the condition of the world and feel like being a witness, salt and light, is a waste of time? Like, what kind of dent can I actually put into uh, the darkness and the depravity of this world? And then some Christians just tap out, and they, they don't involve themselves in evangelism or in the service of God because they feel like it's like an, a, a never-ending um, thing that you can't even make an impact. 
So not just worldliness in our own life that can cause that, but the worldly system and what we see uh, can, can lull you into an apathy and a disc. You're no longer concerned. You're no longer passionate. Uh, you're, you no longer have the excitement for the things of God. Uh, and what you need to do is stir that up. Um, for Timothy, it was probably the environment and the false teaching uh, that it caused him to be, and it was hard. Uh, and, uh, and it, but it was, it was harder then than it is now, and it was more wicked then uh, than it is now. Uh, and he needed this encouragement and this reminder from Paul, and we need it uh, as a reminder from your pastor today to stir up the gift of God that is in you. Uh, and t- to qualify that, he says, uh, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear. He says, Timothy, the spirit of fear that you have is not from God. Um, if you have fear uh, about the government, you've got fear about, you know, uh, we, we had fear about the coronavirus and fear. There's a lot of fear mongering that goes on in the world. Um, but the fear that you have is not a God thing. And I'm not, not talking about, you know, the fight or flight hardwired things that we, you know, have any if you see, you know, a lion jump over the fence at the zoo uh, and, uh, and you have fear and that's good. <laughs> all right. Uh, that's a good kind of fear. Uh, but uh, the anxiety and the worry and all the different things, just the, the paranoia, all that, that's not a God thing. Uh, God does not give us the spirit of fear. But what does he give us? A power and of love uh, and of a sound mind. So he says, you need to stir up the gift that is in you, Timothy, uh, the Holy Spirit of God, because you need the power of the Holy Spirit of God to endure hardness as a good soldier, to live for God in Ephesus uh, in a wicked time and under a, a wicked ruler. Uh, and, uh, and you shouldn't be afraid because you've got God. He that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. Elsewhere, he says, we're not supposed to fear man, and, uh, and, uh, but to fear God. Um, the spirit of fear, no, the spirit of power. And then of love, and love is kind of like the, the it's counterpoised to power. Uh, he says, God is not giving you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And that phrase or sound mind has with it this sense of, of, of self-control or, or discipline. Uh, if you're to look up the actual word itself, uh, those are the kind of definitions that would come up. And so in order uh, to, to live and to serve, he says, Paul, whatever it was, he was discouraged or will be discouraged. And Paul, from his jail cell, concerned enough to write him a letter and say, you know what, uh, you need to, you've got faith, I know you do. It's the faith of your grandmother and the faith of your mom and the faith that is in you. And you need to stir up the, the gift of God that is in you uh, that came from the laying on of my hands. And the fear that you have, Timothy, uh, is not right. And you have power and a love and a sound mind and discipline. Uh, and, uh, and then you'll be able to serve and live for him. So God hasn't given us the spirit uh, of fear. And we all, we all deal with fear. We all deal with doubt. We all deal with discouragement uh, as well. And we need to be reminded uh, that, uh, that God is there. Um, I know so many people myself included, uh, who struggle with uh, discouragement. Uh, and, uh, and it's always a blessing to be able to read these passages in the, in the Bible. He wanted Timothy to stand firm. 
Uh, he wanted him to be filled with faith. He wanted him to rest on the power uh, and the authority uh, of the Lord and the gift of God that was in him. And it's the same thing that we're supposed to do. And so part one of my message today, and we're going to close and we'll get into the book of uh, Ephesians uh, and as well, because he's, he's being encouraged, Timothy is, by Paul. And, uh, and even John, but somewhere along the lines, this church at Ephesus left their first love. And what was it that was done? Uh, what was taking place at that time? What can we, uh, what can we attribute to uh, the leaving of first love when, when, when Paul was like, no, you need, to, you need to focus on that. So I don't know how long Timothy pastored there uh, in that church, uh, but, we, but we know by having the complete word of God that God had somewhat against them uh, because of the fact uh, and he tells you, you need to go back to first works. So here's what we're going to do uh, by way of invitation today. To stir up the gift of God. You say, in me, uh, and this is the question, um, are you, uh, as a Christian today, as excited about the things of God, as passionate about the things of God as you were a week ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago? Are you, um, are you as excited? Um, do you... Um, or can you uh, take the analogy of a wood stove uh, and the fire and just say, you know what, um, uh, the coals in my spiritual fire are dead. And, uh, and I need, and maybe you can look at me today as like the guy with the poker stick in trying to do that, but, but you're the one that has to stir up the, the gift of God that is in you. Um, you say, I'm not... As close to God, I'm not fellowship with God like I should. I'm not praying like I should. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not soul winning. I'm not excited about God and church and the things of God. Uh, and uh, and so that the solution to that is to stir up the gift of God. Now we can do that by prayer and Bible study and pr- from preaching. Uh, there's a lot of ways externally, but it's an internal thing. Uh, you got to do business with the Lord and say, God, I I need. Uh, to be on fire for you. I need zeal. I need boldness. I, I need it all to live for you today. Uh, and every time I turn on the news, I'm discouraged. Uh, I've got this going on and this health crisis and this financial crisis. Uh, the world is just pressing down. It's just, it's just constant, um, just a barrage of vile, wicked, just deranged stuff. And, uh, and, and it's in my life, Lord, is caused the fire to die down. Um, but the good news is there's always an ember. Uh, there's always some red coals, but you've got to stir it up. Uh, and unless you do it, um, the fire of God will burn out uh, and to that extent and you will be useless uh, in your service to God. You need the power of God. And uh, in all the things that are causing it, uh, we need to deal with that between ourselves and the Lord in prayer and to, and to stir it up, the gift of God that is in you. Would you do that today? Let's all stand uh, and, uh, and do this very thing. Um, you have uh, so much spiritual potential. Uh, you have so much that you can do in the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about tongues and casting out you know, stuff, all this different things, or fire breathing, fire on people, all of that. Uh, but you've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit of God in you. And you need to stir it up uh, and, uh, and get back on fire uh, uh, for the Lord. Um, if 